Looking for a new podcast? Check out the Infectious Groove podcast. My name is Russ, and I host the show along with Michelle and Kyle. Every Monday, the three of us bring you music news and tell you our jammy jam, so you'll always have new music to check out. The Infectious Groove podcast discusses music from nearly every decade and genre while openly displaying our passion for music you need to hear. On top of that, we have a thought-provoking main topic of discussion every week to get you thinking, discussing, and sharing music. We also include interviews with the music stars of yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and all major podcast platforms. Subscribe and listen to the Infectious Groove podcast on your favorite podcast platform today. Welcome to another episode of My Drunk Movie Theater. I'm Kyle Sutton. I'm Trisha Campbell. And it's fucking cold. It's been cold. Today it got it. Here's here's how cold it's been, guys. It got up into the teens. Today, the sun has set and it's still in the 20s. Right. It got into double digits today. We've had ourselves a minor heat wave. I rolled down the windows on my pickup when I went out to lunch this afternoon. Like that's that's how cold it's been. Uh, to the point, like, uh, I was off, uh, from the DMV on Monday for President's Day. The next day, so that same day, I'd come to check in on you at the theater, and, of course, you're throwing a bitch fit like no other, because we are open, and we definitely shouldn't be, because rolling blackouts and the like are happening. Uh, And the high that day was negative one. Yes, with a wind chill. Oh, wind chill of like negative 26. To anyone listening outside of the U.S., I'm sorry, I can't do that conversion in my head. But just just remember, for future reference, 32 degrees Fahrenheit is freezing and we were at negative one. Yeah, it was fucking cold. So anyway, so to the point that the the DMV actually decided to close, the entire state uh, government offices actually closed on Tuesday because it was so bad. Yeah. So, and plus we had the rolling blackouts that continued into Tuesday, which finally affected my house Tuesday morning and I slept right through it. So, um, yeah, it's it's not been fun. Okay. I looked it up. Negative one Fahrenheit is negative 18 Celsius. So you guys figure out the conversion on that. It's fucking cold. So, um, I, I just, and we have had probably an entire winter seasons full of snow in the last two weeks. Right. Hence why my my tweet complaining about snow. I love snow, but I've had enough. I have almost wrecked my car too many times trying to get to work over the last week. I'm done. Yeah. Give me spring. I I have said in the past, I don't like cold. I don't like snow. I don't like any of it. It kind of ties into the whole, I'm not a big fan of the holidays thing either. I just, I really just want to get away from like the winter months in general. But I will say this, at least if it's going to be cold, go ahead and fucking snow. Like, give us something. Don't give us ice. I'm so sick and tired of ice. Seems like that's all we ever get out here is ice. It's true. I'll take snow. I'm not going to be happy about it. But if it's going to be cold, at least give me a reason for it to be so fucking cold. This this shit is not okay. This shit's not okay. No, no. When my dogs sit there and they run outside to go potty and then they come back in and they're lifting a paw, you know, trying to keep from getting freezer burn on their little tootsies. Like, I feel bad for my dogs. That's sure. not okay. So, uh, and we won't even get I, it. I just, I just feel the need to say because I've been on TikTok and I've seen the conversation shift, and it's to it there that makes me unhappy. Yeah. So everyone's been making a big deal about Texas. 
you can't make fun of texas and i agree with that we just, can't make fun of what's going can't. on in texas right now because they no, because they're not equipped to handle this people are dying i agree we cannot make fun of texas right now but apparently some people in the northern states just can't deal with not making fun of people yeah. so I've seen some TikToks where they shifted and they've started making fun of those of us in the lower Midwest as if we don't know how to handle snow. Well, look, we know how to handle snow. Doesn't mean we like it. Yeah. Uh, well, well, cause I, I've, I saw two videos specifically. One was a funny little skit where they, the, the dude pretended like he thought he was in Alaska and he goes, oh, oh, oh wait, this is Kansas. And he ends up like, oh, I hate snow and he kicks snow. And someone's like, ah, oh, well, this is nothing to us up here and um, wherever. And I'm like, you think we're, we don't know how to handle this? We know how to handle this. We've just have gotten a lot in a very short period of time and we're over it. Yeah. To stop. Or, oh, you think 20 degrees is a heat wave? Because I, I saw someone make a joke about Midwesterners in 20 degree weather. And she, this, this girl comes out, kicks her shoes off, sits in a beach chair in the snow in a t-shirt, shorts and barefoot. And they're like, but yeah, this is just normal winter weather. To, uh, I get it. It's cold up there. It's cold down here too. Right. We're just tired of it. It's not that we can't handle it. It's not that we're not used to it. We just don't want it anymore. Yeah. If I wanted to live in this type of weather all winter, I would move north. I haven't. Yeah. So stop it. Right. Also, before any southerners want to chime in and be like, well, I'd like to see you deal with the summer down. Oh, we, we have hot summers too. Yeah, it gets balls plus, hot here in the summer. Plus so. plus 95% humidity. So yeah. can all y'all just leave us alone? Right. We suffer almost year round. We get about two weeks in the spring and two weeks in the fall where it's beautiful here. The rest of the year, the weather's trying to kill us. Yeah. And even in the spring, with those two weeks that it's nice, there's probably a tornado in there somewhere. It's true. So just just leave us alone or or Mind monsoon season hits and we just have rain for a month straight like you know uh, -huh. uh yeah we we get it all here uh i will make fun of texas not the people dying that is sad and that pisses me off but i have to laugh at how many of these dumbasses want to sit there and blame it on certain policies that haven't even been enacted yet okay. yeah that that i'm sitting there going you guys are idiots like stop yeah, that I love, I love the people trying to be like well this is what happens when you use windmills okay first of all windmills are a very small portion of sexist's uh, pr uh energy production and b funny how plenty of countries and much colder climates use wind energy year-round right but you're talking about a state that privatized and deregulated their energy uh production so all these companies went winterizing heated blades this is texas we don't need this i don't want to spend that money i want profit and didn't do it yeah that's why some windmills are freezing up because the idiots in charge didn't take all the precautions they could have yeah so sorry yeah don't blame the windmill that's human error right so uh no i do i do want to give a shout out uh to um i don't know if she listens to the show but uh, our friend Garrett from the uh, the Garrett Talks to Himself podcast, he started a new show. I, this is me doing a little mini plug for it. Uh, it's called The Ever-Trending Story. I highly recommend it. It's a really creative take on taking trending topics each week and turning them into a little short story in podcast form. His co-host, Frankie, lives down in Texas and has been without heat and all that. So uh, sending good vibes and sunshine her way because this yes. shit sucks. And especially if you're not used to it. Um, yeah. yeah like 
that's not fun so we hope she's safe and all that uh, uh through this i learned that apparently houses and a lot of houses in texas aren't insulated nope i did not know that i thought insulation was a thing everywhere afraid not so and again i've lived in missouri my entire life so yeah yeah um so yeah it's just been it's just been cock sucking miserable out here and like i said i uh, something like 75 percent of america right now is covered in snow yeah i'm i'm uh, pretty much the entire country hates florida because they're the only ones with decent temperatures uh to be f- yes but on the flip side of that they're florida so yeah. you know um ben brainerd notwithstanding uh <laughs> Also, I've seen people from LA try to join in, complaining, be like, "Yeah, we're freezing here. It's fifty degrees." Shut the don't, fuck up! Don't, don't do it. Shut yeah. your mouth. Just, just sit Shut down. your mouth. Put on a hoodie, get under a blanket, and go sit in the corner yeah. because the rest of us don't want to hear it. So, some of us consider that jeans and t-shirt weather. So no one is going to die of exposure at fifty degrees. No, the worst you have is you can't go eat at the restaurants you want to, like you normally would. Sit down. Shut the fuck up. So. That being said, I am reaching the point, Trisha, that I don't care that there's still a pandemic raging on. I'm about to pack my bags and head to Mexico, <laughs> like a certain. Uh, yes, I, I don't care. I know we've chastised him for it. I'm like, fuck. Maybe he actually has the right idea. Maybe we should just get out of the states and just. You're not, you're not in charge of anyone. I'm not. I'm no not in charge of Mexico. I I have no clout and no power to actually help a situation, so I should. The people of Texas are not your responsibility. You could go to Mexico. I don't care. <laughs> that, that's the pandemic. That obviously. That that if I ran for office, I feel like that should be my campaign slogan. If if you, if you were like screw this, I'm gonna go drive to Florida tomorrow. I'd be like, right. That's, I don't care. That that should be my if I run for office in 2024, that would be my campaign slogan. Kyle Sutton 2024. I want to take responsibility for you. It's <laughs> a scary thought. And then and then an asterisk will jet off in the middle of a blizzard. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, uh now that we've hit the current current events uh section of the show. Um we got to talk about this week at the theater and 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 uh, at the DMV as well because I feel like I feel like I've just had a barrage of stupid people here in the last week or two a week or so. Uh, so I feel like we're we're gonna go we're gonna go back and forth. So I'm gonna start with the one I had today. Uh, this one, this guy comes in to get his license renewed. It's expired. He's trying to do uh, the the real ID thing that that you have to do in order to now fly come October. Mm-hmm. Missouri's for you guys listening outside of missouri we're backwards as shit here and we don't want to get on the on the tsa pain train and actually you know stick you know make actually actually everybody go and get all the documents we're we're one of those states that have been dragging their feet and have been threatened to not be able to get on planes i just want to point out that this that this real id thing has been going into effect since like 9 11 happened it's been almost 20 years and and we're we're just now like we've been putting in extensions the last five years to keep from doing it yep. so this guy comes in he already had the real id but it was expired so i really can't accept it brings in a couple of forms that that have his his address on there but and here's the big but they're outside of certain dates so like his insurance card was expired or it was a utility bill from like six months ago i can't take these things TSA won't allow it. 
he gets pissy with me and says, well, your website needs to say that. And I go, sir, we don't, we don't run the website. We're, <laughs> we're a contracted office. This is, that's on the state. And he goes, well, it's just ridiculous that this, that, you know, Jesus Christ, I have to go through all this and, you know, um, blah, 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 just running his mouth and keeps blaming the website on me and our office in general. And I'm just like, did you not hear the part where I said, we have no control over the website. Maybe you should write a fucking letter. Like the people that complain to us that Google has the wrong show times. Yes. You need to fix that. I don't run Google. Don't. Go to our website. And even then, yeah. sometimes it's a little slow to update. So Trisha, it gets better. I take down his name. He goes, well, go ahead and I got to run back home. So put me on the list to come back and cut, a bit, cut in front of everybody. And I go, I'll be right back. Now, if you need to run home, like what we will do is we'll say, hey, let me write you down, go get what you need, come back, and we will squeeze you in as soon as we can. Yeah, we'll just yeah. work you up a little further. Not really a whole lot of cutting. And he did, you know, he did have an appointment and somebody before him had an appointment and they didn't have what they needed. So I walked up to my boss and I said, hey, boss. She goes, yeah. And I go, I've got a customer over here. He's got to run home and grab some stuff. And he, uh, he needs to come back and needs to be squeezed back in. She goes, okay. And so she's getting ready to start writing his name down. And I go, he's also getting real cranky with me and I really don't appreciate it. And she goes, just send him out the door. She goes, I'll take care of him when he gets back. She made this man wait almost till I fucking left. This all happened about 3.30-ish. He hopped back in line. It happened at three. He hopped back in line at three thirty, and had to wait his fucking turn like everybody else. I, I was just, I basked in the pettiness of it. It was just glorious. <laughs> and he kept gave, giving me stink eye from across the room the entire time. And I'm just like, sorry, Not pal. No problem. Don't, don't be a dick. Right. You get treated okay. Like it's, it's a simple rule. I understand it's frustrating to have to get all this documentation and have to meet all these certain requirements that may or may not be listed on a website or whatever form that you're getting, but it should be common sense. If I, if I am having to use a utility bill or something to that effect to show my residency, I should probably go with the most recent thing. Duh. Like, makes sense to me. I'm not going to use a fucking bill from a year ago that I magically stumbled upon. Like, who, who does that? So, anyway, so that was that was just today. I yeah. So, anyway, so what did you have happen to you at the theater this week? Uh, I I had one I texted you about. What was it? What Monday? No, it was Wednesday. It was the day you worked. It was a dumb dumb. Yes. Um, yep. She, she. So okay. So when you walk in our building. We do have box office right up front, mm -hmm. but we're not using it because we're slow and we only have eight people on staff total at the moment. So obviously we're not sending someone to box office. So you go past box office to the concession stand in the back of the lobby. Now on either end, there's a bar and there's food pickup, both clearly labeled in giant letters above them. Well, generally we run everything out of the concession stand, unless you need one alcohol, and then we'll slide you over to the bar. So I'm helping a customer standing at, we have two drawers going, a bar drawer and a concession drawer. Standing at the concession drawer, I finish up helping a customer. I look up and there is a woman standing at the bar staring at me. Now, my, my other uh, coworker that I was working with was in the back. I think he was cooking something in the kitchen. And I was like, so I see her 
and she's just staring at me and i go did were you wanting alcohol this is at like four o'clock in the afternoon maybe not unheard of but most customers don't we don't sell a whole lot of alcohol especially on a weekday so i was like did, were you wanting alcohol she goes no i need tickets do i get that here so that, I, I can help you right here she goes you can get me tickets there did i not just tell you i could help you mm-hmm. and so she starts to walk over and an older woman i'm assuming was a mom is like so you can buy tickets at this register yes i just said that so they come over they get their their concessions this is also the pair that inspired uh, my tweet about why do people say that when i asked do you want concessions why do they say not yet knowing full well they're not coming back i just i don't get it just say no just say you don't want concessions don't say not yet when your movie starts in 30 seconds and i know you're not going to come back just 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 say no but anyway they walk off whatever i see them come out of their theater they go down a different hallway where we have a women's bathroom that's currently closed because it's having some issues so they come around the corner i see them and i walk over to go tell them direct them to the lobby bathroom and she's like oh okay thank you and then she goes why is that bathroom closed i was like oh we're, we're having some issues in it and she goes oh okay what what why did you think it was closed do you think we just enjoy having a bathroom closed off that we constantly have to direct people to? No. Just just, just stop talking to me and go to your movie. Yeah. The the barrage of stupid questions we get is is certainly one of these days going to con- just, just elicit the most smart-ass response I can think of. In this case, it would have been, uh, no, no, there's actually a dragon down there that we need to keep away from everybody, so please don't cross that red line. It's magic. Like, seriously. So, uh, yesterday, I actually had to explain to somebody sales taxes at the DMV. That was fun. Uh, So, for you guys listening outside of Missouri, uh, and I don't know how many other states do this, for Missouri, whenever you purchase a vehicle, be it from a dealership or from a private seller, you have to pay sales tax on it. There's no ifs, ands, or buts. There's just no getting around it. More often than not, so so what winds up happening is you purchase a vehicle, say you purchase a vehicle at a dealership, even if it's in another state, you tell them, I, I you know, live in Missouri, it's going to be registered in Missouri. They say, okay, we do not charge you sales tax now, and then give you the bill of sale. You bring it to us, we run it through a system, and we figure out your sales tax based on where you live and where the vehicle will be registered at. So you pay, pay your sales tax when you register the vehicle. Right. So when you bring the vehicle in to title it, register it, get a place on it, that's what happens. So I'm dealing with one customer and wrapping up. Poor girl next to me is dealing with another. And this customer is just not seeming to, like they're talking, I realized at one point we're talking in circles because they're asking about property tax and sales taxes if they're interchangeable things and they're not. Here in Missouri, you have to pay your property taxes every year so you can get your vehicle registered and renew your tags mm-hmm. so i'm trying to explain to this person yes this is what you have to do and they go well i don't i didn't own that vehicle so why am i paying tax on I'm like well you're not paying property taxes on it you're paying sales tax on it because like any goods or bought, services in this bought the thing so you have to pay tax when you, you buy pay. the thing. You have to pay the sales Just tax. Just as if you went to Walmart and bought a, a jug of milk, you have to pay sales tax because you right. bought the milk. Right. You bought the car, you have to pay sales tax to the state of Missouri because you bought the thing. Yes. So 
we went going round and round and round, finally figuring out, okay, you don't have the money to pay the sales tax today. And I can't get you, like they asked for a temporary tag because you can actually buy a temporary tag for 30 days. However, it's not 30 days from when you purchase it. It's 30 days from when you purchase the vehicle. They had purchased it like at the end of the month or towards the end of the January. And it was already almost 30 days after they purchased it. So I said, I can sell you a temp tag. It'll only be good for a day. And that's just a waste of money at that point. Well, anyway, so this individual leaves or starts to leave. I go back to doing what I'm doing. Next person comes up to, to the gal next to me. And this individual comes back to the edge of the counter and starts hollering, excuse me, excuse me. To which, you know, girl next to me goes, uh, yes, uh, you know, did you have a question? And they go, they go, well, yeah, I, I want to ask because we had given them a, a sales tax calculator estimate of what their sales tax was going to be. So they start questioning why it says state and local and not actually specifying sales tax underneath either of those. The implication is they are sales tax, state level, local level. You got to pay both. Fucking duh. So anyway, so they're trying to, you know, they're wanting to ask that, but we're in the middle of a new transaction with new customers. So the poor girl- You've walked away. Your turn has ended. Yeah. So the poor girl next to me is like, man, like we will, let me, let me get done with them. And then I'll answer your question. Just be patient. This continues like two or three times to which I finally leaned over and I go, excuse me. We will be with you once we are done with our current customers. Otherwise, if you'd like to hop back in line and wait until we can get to you or until somebody else can get to you, feel free. Otherwise, we're going to finish with them and you're going to hold on for a minute. <laughs> they didn't like that answer. I'm pretty sure they called me a cracker and they left. So I don't know. Then I had nothing but good good interactions the rest of the afternoon. So I'm like, yeah, what are you going to do? So, anyway. Well, I had a dumb, dumb moment myself this week. Oh, no. So, Monday uh -huh. was the worst day in this whole cold snap. That was the day that it was, the high was like negative one. Right. We opened anyway, even though I still think we shouldn't have, but whatever. Yeah. It snowed that day. It was super cold. The roads were terrible. And, of course, we sold to all of our shows, our last show. Yeah. So we weren't going to get out until after 9.30. So um, there's supposed to be three of us working. One of my coworkers who lives a little further away had made an attempt to get here and did not succeed. And so our boss was like, hey, don't worry about it. We can handle it. Stay home. So it was just the two of us. No big deal. We weren't like super busy. Nothing that the two of us couldn't handle. Mm. So we got to the end of the night and we were waiting for shows to drop. We had a bit of a gap. And my boss, who happens to be roommates with the GM of another theater in our chain in the in the metro, calls him because he knows that he got out. They were way less busy than we were and knew that he was on his way home or should have been home. So he's been worried about the road. So he was like, hey, I'm, I'm just going to call and see how the roads are. Well, come to find out, he was literally almost, he was passing our theater almost to the turnoff. So uh, they agreed that he was going to swing by, pick up my boss, take him home so that he didn't have to drive. I said, that's fine. There's four theaters left, 11 people in the building. I can handle it. Go home. 
So there was a bit of a gap before the last show. And I was like, okay, I'm going to go out and I'm going to start my car. My car is like 12 years old. It does not heat up very quickly. So I was like, I'll go run it. I got a spare key. So I grabbed, my phone was in my back pocket. I had my theater keys and I grabbed my spare key and I go outside. Didn't switch into my boots. So I was in my Converse because I was like, I'm just going to run out, stop my car, come back in. I don't need to take the time to switch into my boots. I'll be fine. Famous last words. Because I get out there, start my car, turn up the defrost and the heat, lock it, and head back towards the building. Get to the building, go to stick my key in the, the door. It won't go in. Now, we have a history of that door freezing when it's cold and snowy and wet and whatnot. So my first thought is, oh no, the lock is frozen. There's still people in the building. My purse with my other key, car key is still in the building. My car is locked and running. And I'm struggling to get in the building. So I try again. This is when my key bends and I start to panic. Now, without getting into specifics, I know of a spot where the door isn't quite so good. So in my head, I'm like, okay, I'm gonna go see if I can basically break into the building. So I walk through like ankle deep snow in Converse around to this, <laughs> this door. Yes. And I'm trying to get into it. And I go to readjust my keys and my hands. And that's when I see my keys and I realize it wasn't the back door key that I had put into the lock and bed. It was the projection key. Bum, bum, ba -dum. So I, I proceed to walk back through, again, ankle deep snow mm -hmm. in my Converse to the back door where I immediately get in the building and walk in. And by this point, the two customers that were left in the building were long gone. And I quickly cleaned up and shamedly got my stuff and left. Well, at least you didn't sleep. But my car was warm by the time I left. It's true. It's true. Well, at least you didn't, you know, go scooting on the ice thinking you were having fun like you did last time or last year and then bust your ass in the process. So <laughs> that's true. That was fun. But now my projection key is uh, a little wonky to say the least. Yeah. Uh, I made I made the attempt to bend it back and it's still slightly crooked and I, I can get into the booth but it takes a lot of effort to get the key both in the lock and back out of the lock. And I'm terrified it's going to break every time. So uh, I, need, I need to find a way to straighten the key back out. <laughs> and every time I see it, it's just a reminder how dumb I was. Yeah. Shit happens. Yeah. I think we all have our dumb, dumb moments. It's fine. It's true. So I have a question for you. Yes. We've talked about gross out stories on, on this show and, and, and other appearances on other shows that we've been to or been on what the hell happened with our boss this week you guys you oh. can't see it you guys can't you can't see it oh. he is she can't <laughs> keep it together she is like laughing like so funny yeah this was sunday mm -hmm. today is thursday that we're recording so, this so was sunday was valentine's day um over the weekend we we had a bunch of rentals Sunday we just had one um, and it ended up being a couple. I didn't see the couple, but I'm told they were about our age, mm -hmm. mid thirties or so going to see a rom-com. Um, 
we're like, cool. We've had rentals are typically up to 25 people. So we never know how many are coming. So it was kind of nice to just get two. Pretty simple. Got them in. No big deal. So our, our boss is cleaning theaters. And apparently he went in to clean. And uh, he, as he put it, I believe uh, the couple had a good time watching oh, the movie. No. Oh, no. And when he was cleaning, he put his hand in what he believes is semen. Yeah. <laughs> to which, our, to which <laughs> our bartender Megan was like, well, they got hamburgers and I know she got mayonnaise. And he was just like, this wasn't mayonnaise. <laughs> waiting all week to hear this full story <laughs> no, didn't she tried so hard to make him feel better and he's just like, no yeah. <laughs> nothing quite like catching a handful of baby batter when you're not intending to oh my god people are fucking animals and i don't know if you guys could hear that crystal can hear me hear this story upstairs or part of it and wants to know what the <laughs> fuck is going on. So I'm going to have to make her listen to this episode later. Oh, that's that's fucking nasty. <laughs> we we were just out there cracking up. Oh. <laughs> and it's funny because usually when he wasn't actually supposed to work that shift, he took over for another, another guy. Yeah. And usually when he's not there, I'm doing floor. So if he hadn't taken that shift, there's a decent chance... I would have been the one cleaning that theater. Oh, and I know you would not have thought it was near as funny if that was the case. No. Uh, oh, that's gross. You know, that means that we're now going to have to start checking auditoriums for these rentals. Uh, <laughs> this is only, I think, the second time a couple... I mean, it's not the first time a couple's rented the theater just for them. It happened once before, but it was not a rock on It wasn't Valentine's Day, so yeah uh the first time it was dark the dark night so yeah we weren't as suspicious but yeah i uh people are fucking gross but here so so hold on so i have to give them props at least they did it while the theater was empty they had it all to themselves it still doesn't doesn't make it okay uh one of one of the guys working and asked him if the armrest was up and apparently it was oh Oh, yeah, no, no, they, yeah, that's fucking gross. Uh, I text And I was just thinking at least it's leather seats, so it's easier to clean off. I text Crystal what the, the basically the, the short version of what happened. She just sent me back the vomiting emoji. Oh, God. Oh, shit no like i said so so like i said it's not okay that they did it at all but at least they did no. it private showing because there have been times where we have busted people getting their groove on full auditoriums yes. full auditoriums we've had moms come out and be like um there's two teenagers a couple rows in front of me and um it's a it's a teenage couple and her head is Definitely. in his lap and moving and we're just like yeah. <laughs> uh, also our back parking lot used to be apparently uh what do you mean used to be? it still is from time to time 
not right now. There's not as many of us that park back there, so we don't yeah. notice as much. Oh yeah, no, it's. I mean, I, I say that right now. It's too fucking cold to be doing anything outside except setting a bonfire and throwing yourself into it. At uh, least these days they park at the far end instead of right next to our cars. Good call. As they have in the past. You're right. So, uh. Also, I don't question everybody that's back there because uh, there's a nearby business that does not allow smoking anywhere on their campus. Right. And so we know that they come back and they'll take breaks. Yeah. And they'll just drive around the corner to our lot, our back lot, because they've asked us before and we're like, we don't care. Yeah. They'll park back there and like eat their lunch or take their break or whatever and smoke. We also used to have truckers uh, take naps back there too. We still do. But I think not as much. I think I think they found other places. There's enough businesses along the highway there that they don't need to come all the way to our theater anymore. I feel like I still see one about once a week, but either. Hello there. Do you like real life historical tales? If so, have I got the perfect podcast for you. My name is Alice. And I host the Backtracker History Show. Based in the UK, this self-confessed geek takes you for a stroll down memory lane and shares stories and interesting nuggets of information that has been discovered along the way. From tales of tragedy and sadness to epic stories of human courage or creativity, there are many people in history who have made their mark, however small. You can find it wherever you get your podcasts. And remember to leave a rating, or review if you can. If you want to find out more, you can get in touch with me via Twitter or Facebook using at BacktrackerUK with a capital V, capital T, and a capital UK. But until then, take care guys, and look after each other. Let's move on. Dune. Yes. So we last week we had uh, Paul had fought to the death with Jameis and mm-hmm. is now or has been dealing with the repercussions of that, learning the culture of uh, uh, funerals and all that, the framing framing ways. Well, this week we've got three chapters that we we read. Thirty. What did I tell you? Thirty six through thirty eight. Thirty five through thirty eight. Thirty five through sixty. I think it was 30, 36 through 38. Anyway, we don't have numbers. We're just losing track at this point. So, uh, yeah. So this week, our first chapter that we read actually does not concern Paul or Lady Jessica. We'll get back to them in the next two. Uh, this week was about uh, Freyd Rautha, the, uh, the Na Baron or Baron Harkonnen's nephew. Um, basically we're getting an introduction to this character because part of Baron Harkonnen's plan is to use him to take the throne of emperor and then basically run, run the galaxy or whatever, whatever his grand plan is. So, but just being an evil shit. Um, in the meantime, uh, Harkonnen is also dealing with, uh, Count and Lady Fenring, 
who are a couple of aristocrats who obviously work for the emperor and are basically Mm -hmm. kind of keeping tabs on what he's doing uh this chapter was a lot of a lot of like political back and forth about you know who who has leverage on who um you know harkonnen does not like like the fact that this guy's like trying to snoop it around and uh kind of instigating and trying to make things a little more difficult for him um so in this chapter uh in kind of a parallel with what's been going on with paul fade rautha has been uh or fade rautha I, I can't remember his name at this I think it's fade fade rautha uh has been um has been taking part in gladiatorial games gladiatorial games mm-hmm. um and has just killed his 100th slave gladiator, which in this context is not necessarily people that, that they have enslaved just strictly for battling. It's people that they have captured, including members of the Atreides uh, guard, yeah. uh, as we find out. Well, so Fade Routh mm-hmm. has actually been working with uh, Thufir. Picks up a scheme with what? Yeah, to kind of basically make himself look good and make the people love him right by so, taking them out yes uh and then to kind of sow the seeds of a deeper conspiracy by by making it look like people are coming after the harkonnens to to yeah. you know take oh try and overtake them it, it was complicated but it kind of convoluted not necessarily complicated um almost winds up getting his own ass killed because oh yeah uh part of this plan requires so what they do is they actually take their slaves their slave gladiators and drug them to make them more i guess animalistic but also sluggish it's kind of yeah my, it makes right? them like seek out uh, a fight but at the same time weakens their abilities mm-hmm. so it makes so, them for, more violent but less skilled basically right so um, it looks good but it's not they're not hard to beat right and the thing is everybody in the the arena knows this to which i'm sitting there going if everybody knows that's how it he... talks about the drug that they're given changes their skin which means yeah, make, gives them an skin. orange tent yes. which means in order to do this whole fake out since they're not actually drugging this dude they, they painted, painted his skin so they painted him orange so that it looks like he's been drugged right so anyway so this chapter winds up basically introducing fade rautha as being cunning but also young and cocky mm-hmm. um yes and not you know uh, almost like i said the the flip side of the coin from where paul is at this current moment because calls paul's i very much wanted to punch him in the face the entire chapter which is funny because when i'm reading that i know i'm supposed to be picturing timothy chalamet as paul and all i could picture is timothy chalamet as this guy uh and i'm like the boy yeah the boy and i'm sitting there going he has a punchable face why isn't he playing this character anyway that uh, just we know the, who's playing this character i don't i could probably look it up sorry continue talking i'll look it up nope you're good uh so yeah so that was that chapter basically like i said a lot of a lot of going back and forth and almost setting into motion some paranoia for for harkonnen as well because he does not want Fenring or whoever snooping mm-hmm. around and doing what he's doing um it's really just it's a lot of heavy or a lot of dialogue throughout this this entire chapter uh and also fade rautha all you know doing things to try and get on on harkonnen's nerves such as trying to de- or you know making it look like he's going to dedicate a fight 
to, or this fight to Lady Fenring, who does not want him to do that. He is not listed, so. I wonder if, because I've heard, like, like I said, everything I've read, yeah. this, this is supposed to be the first half of the book is the movie. So maybe he hasn't been cast yet because they probably haven't done half, the second half because, you know, we don't know when we're going to see this damn movie at this point. Uh, I, I did just learn that apparently Liette Kynes is being played by a woman. Yes, uh, and that's something we'll talk about when we get closer to the to the film is that that character has been gender swapped, yeah. and I'm not mad about it. So uh, no, I'm not, I didn't know that before then. Yeah. Before this. So uh, anyway, sorry. Yes. Continue. So so that was that was chapter 35 or 36. I can't remember where we're at. I think it's 36. Um, the next chapter, 37, is we're back to Paul. We're back amongst the Fremen, um, mm -hmm. and now Paul is still dealing with the aftermath of his fight with Jameis, which now includes taking on uh, Jameis's woman, uh, whose name is yes. me right now. Um, uh, hurrah? It's like Sarah with an H, but it starts with an H. Hera? Hera? Hurrah? Uh, we're going to go with Hera. Or I'm going to go with Hera. Because so, uh, I feel like if I say uh, hurrah, I'm going to go hurrah! <laughs> so Hera, <laughs> who who uh, is the is the widow of Jameis, but is mm -hmm. also the widow of somebody named Jeff, Jeff. before that. Poor Jameis. Jameis yeah. apparently bested Jeff to win right. Hera. And so as, and, as and so now she passes to Paul. Right. Who takes her as a, uh, a servant, not uh, as a uh, wife. Yes. Which she is very offended, but I'm young. <laughs> when she kept saying no when she kept saying but i'm young all i could hear in my head is your story of the woman and in, in uh Port Arthur, but i'm grown that's, that's all i heard in my head but i'm young so to put this in perspective we don't know exactly how old uh hera is we know mm -hmm. she's old enough to have had two boys by two different yes. men uh one with jeff one with Jameis. yes uh, whose names also escape me at this point because there's so much going on in that it's world. mentioned once and yeah. they're I know don't one play a big role yet yeah um but apparently the kids are are you know even even nastier fighters than their adult counterparts which cracks me up what did it but say they were like eight and ten something they like were. that yes yes um so yeah so so she Which doesn't really say much to how old Hera is because Paul tells them that he's 15 and they don't think twice about offering her as a wife to him. Right. They're not like, oh, well, he's young. So no, they're just like, okay, well, do you want her as a wife or do you want her as a servant? So she could have been 15 when she started having babies. She could be like barely in her 20s. Right. So, so yeah, so we, like I said, I wanted to put that out there for perspective. She keeps sh saying she's young. We know Paul is 15. Excuse me. Um, we know Paul is 15, and so we're sitting there going, How young is she? How much older <laughs> than Paul is she? She's gotta be old enough to have a 10 and an eight-year-old. Either way. But if but if they don't think it's weird that they're offering a woman as a wife to a 15-year-old, then uh how young was she when she had the first kid? Right. So uh <laughs> yeah. Um, so it's already an uncomfortable situation, not just for us, the readers, but also for Paul, who decides, no, which I think we already know, and, and the next chapter kind of confirms it. Paul's, Paul's head and his heart are already with Chani, yes. so, which is fine. Uh, I think it's also in this chapter, it might be in the next one, um, 
no, it's in this chapter. Uh, Chani has found out that uh, her father, Liette Kynes, is dead. Um, yes. And so is also, she's, she's having to grieve. But this is now a bonding point between them because it gets referenced in the next chapter that they have yeah, now both, both lost, lost fathers. fathers. And not just, not just lost their fathers, but lost their fathers to the, to Harkonnen. the Harkonnens. So, so it'll, be, it'll be love and revenge from here on out. So that was except that. no because Paul is still pushing for peace. Yes, um, yeah, and that keeps getting referenced. But we find out he's yeah. getting a new new little alcove apartment. But we also find out that because the Harkonnens are um, searching, yeah, because he he's responsible for Hera and her child. Well, Hera for a year, he's responsible for yes. the children for basically ever. But he's only only has to be responsible for Hera for a year. After which he can either agree to keep her or set her free yes and she does not seem to like the idea of being set free no no because she immediately is trying to convince him that she could be helpful she could because she's young trisha she's young so it gets it, seriously it got repeated like four or five times and i'm just they're going it, it was uncomfy yeah so uh so we are left with that in that chapter and then in the next chapter uh, we're back with Lady Jessica, who has made preparing to go through the ceremony to become the the Reverend Mother. Right. Reverend Mother? The re yeah, the Reverend Mother for yeah. for the Freeman. Um, yes. So yeah, so it's not not quite told right away. It's just been alluded to that she's about to do something that's dangerous, not just for her, but also for her unborn child. Baby. Uh, yes. In case you guys forgot, she's still pregnant. So. Um, yeah, so this chapter is basically a transition of power, uh, both mm -hmm. both just in a figurative sense and in a very literal literal sense. Uh, the uh, the current Reverend Mother of, of this tribe of Fremen, uh, Ramalo, they're getting ready to basically bug out. They yeah. can't stay. They have to move. They're preparing to move, but the Reverend Mother has said she will not survive. I can't. I can't make another move. It's time to to, to transition off. to a new reverend mother right to which um what's his name stilgar stilgar has basically convinced jessica to become to put herself to the test to become the next reverend mother yeah which apparently requires drinking poison yes spiced up poison yes. uh it's it, yeah it's kind of a weird chapter she for, basically takes a, a really intense trip and has it's to survive true. it's true it's super like i can't actually wait to see that on the big screen because i think there's so much about this book that i'm like how the hell yeah uh so so she winds up going on this big acid trip with you know uh with romalo as basically she is ingesting and attaining all of her memories knowledge Mm -hmm. well, it sounds like basically all the past lives every single reverend mother in the entire line is just passed along into her consciousness yeah but, and then the reverend mother the old reverend mother goes why didn't you tell us you're pregnant yeah like do you know how dangerous that is <laughs> uh yeah so <laughs> so i'm sitting there going yeah so she, she, you, you she, just she, took she also has to like psychically calm her unborn daughter down right he, yeah this entire chapter was she realizes uh, she can't do it with words so she has to like 
psychically pass her emotions along to calm yeah. down the, the fetus. Yeah, it's it's a weird chapter to read. This is like everything else in this this book has been forward. So was I the only one that when it came to the point where Jessica, one of the past Reverend Mothers, tells Jessica, let them have their orgy, you like physically oh, was like, wait, what? <laughs> what did like i literally read it three times like did i just read what i think i just read yeah i'm sitting going where is this orgy like i i need to know i have questions like i'm i'm confused now yeah uh so yeah so like, did you mean literally or were you being we're talking about like figurative at this point? the fighting that's going to happen which we still don't know because immediately after all of this Chani and Paul disappear on their own. Right. And we don't maybe as of now we don't know what happens in the big communal space of 20,000 people left behind. Right. So we have to so we have to backtrack. So when when this <laughs> this trip is all over essentially, the tradition is is basically basically the reverend mother has made this liquid safe to drink by yes. ingesting so it. So then then it is shared amongst is. the population which apparently puts everybody else on a fucking trip and so that's what happens with paul yeah, and it talks Tana. a lot about they're all connected so i basically because paul comments later in the chapter that he thinks that they all have a bit of kind of the ability so to speak but they mm -hmm. suppress it and this is like the one time they kind of let yeah, themselves yeah. experience it yeah and so they all kind of become connected and right. it scares them a right. little bit or at uh, least Johnny. Johnny is like, I don't know how I feel about this. Yeah, no. Uh, so yeah, it's basically implied that yes, that they that at the very least, Johnny has has some of this this ability to see mm -hmm. different futures, and so it winds up ending with him comforting her and her really leaning into this trip she's about to go on, and that's where we end book two, and, and talking about seeing herself holding his babies yes so yeah their they, babies yes um, and i'm like y'all y'all are teenagers we've already established he's 15 why are y'all talking about babies uh yeah no stop it, it. uh why, it, why we have 15 year olds talking about babies and orgies in this chapter what the hell i don't know i'm i'm sitting here at 30 almost 33 going <laughs> why are we talking about babies period <laughs> So that's where we end book two. Uh, so here's how, so before we kind of dig any further into this, I'm going to let you guys know. We have about four more weeks left of doing this book, uh, which I've enjoyed. I've enjoyed doing this. I don't know if we'll do it again or not uh, with something else, but uh, this has been fun to kind of kind of get into and dig into something that we know is coming soon-ish. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, so we've got about uh, three weeks at about, or four weeks at about three chapters each. I went ahead and looked ahead. The last two chapters, so like the-, the I have the digital version, so I, I, right. I don't, I'm not going to do that. That's no, too much work. No, that's that's why I went ahead and did it. So I'm like, okay, this is what I'm at. Is this going to be a big deal for you? Yeah. Uh, but like the last chapter itself is 29 pages. And I'm sitting there going, that's a long ass fucking chapter. Yeah, considering we've had- weeks where we've done two chapters that are like 30 pages right right so so that last week it's going to be about a 40 page chapter which has been about what we've been averaging here lately and will be about the average of the last couple weeks or last four weeks so um so yeah so these three chapters i just 
right out the gate, I, I will just tell you now, I am I am ready to see Fade Rautha just get killed off. He's barely been introduced, and I already hate his guts. Not just because he's talking. The whole time we were going through the fight with Fade Rautha and the Gladiator, I really wanted Hawat to have double-crossed him. Right. Because it, it talks about how he basically, like, he, like, basically brainwashed the Gladiator so that when Fade Rautha said scum, it would lock up his muscles to yes. give Fade Rautha an advantage. And I really wanted him to say scum and nothing happened. And then the Gladiator just kill him and that just be right. a, a whole big ordeal. And then when it didn't happen, I was kind of disappointed. I, yeah, I wanted that. I just wanted it to end with Fade Rautha dying and they're just yeah. being this big uproar and then it just switches back to Paul and Jessica. I, yeah, and that's what I wanted uh, to happen. It didn't happen. And so I'm kind of wondering, okay, is the final battle? No, they're, they're going to have a final battle with Paul yeah. and Fade Rock. The second they they had um, the Fenrigs, one of the Fenrigs, I don't remember which one, co- comment, because they were talking about bloodlines. This Lady, Fid- Lady Fenrig is a Benny Gesserit. Yes. And she's basically been instructed to save the bloodline. And so she's basically plotting to have Fade Rautha's babies and get impregnated by him and then run away. Right. <laughs> and the second they start talking about, they made a comment of, I think I don't remember if it was her or him, made a comment about they wonder what Fade Rautha would have been like with the Atreides moral code. I was like, man, we're he's gonna survive. We're gonna have a Paul versus Fade Rautha like yeah. showdown. It's gonna be mirror mirror versions of each other. Yeah. And I'm like, all right. <laughs> But like, I don't like him and I want him to die now. Right. And that's the thing is like, we've seen that play out in plenty of movies before. So, or stories. Yeah. Um, yeah so I, I'll lean into it. I'm like, all right, fine. We got to do that because let's be honest, watching, watching Paul just beat the shit out of a fat Stellan Skarsgård is just not going to be entertaining. So, so I sure. guess this will work. So um, wouldn't it be funny if they had Fade Routha played by Timothy Chalamet as well? Like just with like, I don't know, uh, uh, Groucho well, Mark's mask, like we've we've already established that technically Paul is a is descended from Harkonnen, so so might as well. But it also talks about how much he favors his father, so yeah, yeah. So which to what gonna happen? Which I mean, yes, the Atreides are distant cousins of the Harkonnens, but what are the odds that come out looking identical? Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say uh, Timothy Chalamet does not really resemble uh, Oscar Isaac, which is unfortunate uh, for him. So let's be honest not really but at least at least they got a dude that's light-skinned and a kid with curly hair like yeah i'm the bare minimum attempt was made (laughs) an attempt was made so the bare minimum attempt was made (laughs) i'm sure it'll be fine i've Uh, seen worse parent child casting so yeah uh another big takeaway for me is how how far is lady jessica willing to go in order to meet her goals and aspirations in this because well she straight up says when she's when she's getting ready to go through this ceremony she's debating whether she should do it because if she does it she risks the life of her unborn daughter right as well as her own yeah but she seems less concerned about her own She's debate. She's weighing her options as far as her kids go. If she yeah. goes through with the ceremony, she risks her baby, her unborn daughter. But she knows that she, if she goes through with it, she's ensuring Paul's safety. Right. So it's kind of a Sophie's Choice moment. Yeah. And so, on the one hand, it seems like she's worried about Paul, but 
she is the one that's kind of pushing for war yeah. and it seems like she still is hoping to get in with the fremen and convince them to basically be their army meanwhile paul is still sitting there going no 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 i need to avoid it specifically says jihad several times yeah like i i need to avo- find a path <laughs> that avoids war i want peace yeah uh so okay. you know that argument's gonna happen at some point between paul and jessica yeah uh sorry speaking of of jihad and obviously the the arabic uh, inspiration In- for, influence. for the language yeah yeah uh did you catch that the framen were uh, it said something about being descended from sunni just yes, a sunni. it doesn't I- specify muslims yeah, just a Sunni. Yeah, our Sunni yeah. ancestors. I did notice that. Yeah, I sat there and went, that's actually really cool. Because you got to think, this book was, you know, published in like 1968. I don't know exactly what the, you know, how familiar people people were with the different, um, I don't want to say tribes, but uh, the different sections. Branches. Of, yes, of, of Islam. Um in the 60s i have no idea yeah, i mean I, I can say when i started junior high mm-hmm. when i started seventh grade it was 1999 and that's when i met a friend of mine who's muslim mm-hmm. her name is salma her parents were her family is from pakistan yeah. she was one of my best friends that year and honestly this part of the country that was the first time i'd ever met someone who's muslim and i was only vaguely aware of it like i i knew that a religion called Islam existed and people who followed it were Muslim. And that was really about all I knew before yeah. I met her. So the idea of a lot of people here in this, you know, late sixties, mm-hmm. it's probably a lot of people who had no clue. Yeah. Cause like we even studied, like we didn't have like religion classes cause obviously it was public school, but we did have sections, you know, lessons in history class of, you know religions of the world where they'd give us a basic idea yeah hey this religion exists here's its basic principles okay here's this other religion like moving on yeah yeah i so, I, I have i have enjoyed- so yeah, me in the late 90s had a very very yeah. very basic understanding of it so right. i would imagine in you know 68 or whatever mm-hmm. probably knew even less yeah i will say that's one of the things i've really enjoyed about this book as we have gotten deeper into it the the overall like the obvious influence um based on those cultures being thrown out there and it seems to get get more in depth with it which Um, seems fitting considering this whole book takes place on a desert planet right so yeah and it's and it's not like it's set off in a galaxy far far away it's well i mean it is but it it is obviously set in the future, like ten thousand years down the line, um, mm-hmm. and so for them to you know to to actually use real world uh, cultures to to inform how how these characters behave or or what they're trying yeah. to do in the story, I think is actually pretty impressive. Uh, he did his research. He really did. So um, yeah. So okay. So that's gonna do it for for the Dune talk this week. Uh, like I said, we got four more weeks of it, and then I think what I'm gonna do is I'm actually gonna go back through all of our episodes and cut out the segments that we've done on Dune and piece those together into 
a couple of like compilation episodes that way you don't have to go back and find all these different episodes to to hear basically us you know retell dune if you caught us in the middle or this is the first time you've heard us talking about it just be patient we'll 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 get a compilation for you yeah i uh i'll get baked one of these days and i'll start pulling the episodes and (laughs) go from there so um so yeah that's gonna do it for us on that when we come back we've got a couple movie trailers to talk about uh as well as what did i have on here uh, oh yeah, we got to talk about uh, movie theaters in China and how they're starting to make a resurgence. So stick around. Yep. It's the Dad in the Rock podcast. This is Sean. And this is Chris. Join us every week as we give you the dad's point of view on pop culture. And stumbling our way through fatherhood. <laughs> dad jokes. Star Wars. Streaming. Tech news. Movie news. Listen to lifelong pals tell stories from past and present. Cruise with us into the cheesy every week on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and other podcast platforms. And as always, find past episodes and links to our social media pages on dadnarock.com. So okay, we'll we'll get to the stories I teased at the at the break here in just a minute, but I had to share this with you because I know you'll appreciate how funny this actually is. Paramount has announced that Mission Impossible Seven and Eight, Seven's in production now, will not ba- do their back to back shooting like they had originally planned. To All which right. I'm so, so, and the reason is is because Tom Cruise still has to do press for Top Gun this summer. Blah 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 blah. The reason that's funny to me is because remember back in december we did an episode talking about how tom cruise is super self-important and thinks that this movie is is hollywood's depending on it right ain't depending on it that goddamn bad if we're we're gonna go ahead and cancel the second half of the shoot like (laughs) so uh, i knew you of all people would actually appreciate the humor in that uh but yeah so apparently uh not gonna shoot back to back for part eight they've got his press to do blah 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 lord uh to which i don't typically have a problem with with film shooting back to back especially franchises that you know i've already had a a a history of success Mm -hmm. um you know well even even not just that they did that with lord of the rings they filmed all three back to back to back and then they were able to release each movie one year part yep uh back to the future two and three did that as well um shot back or shot on back-to-back shoots and released a a year apart uh well hell infinity war and endgame were shot as one movie and then split later yep so uh yeah i just like i said it made me chuckle because i'm like i really don't need to report this but he's already made an ass of himself back in december so him for this so anyway all right so moving on uh we got a little bit of new rating news uh ghostbusters afterlife has officially been rated pg-13 um it's which i find expected do what pretty much what i expected yeah no after after the last one and even going back and watching the original two if they'd been made you know after 1980 well i say that they'd been made later they would have been pg-13 so um you know and it's and it's the usual stuff uh reasons being supernatural action and some suggestive references okay so there's gonna be a dick joke in there somewhere i'm sure so it's ghostbusters you have to expect at least one um 
what I find interesting though is this movie it's finally gotten gotten its rating but it's not coming out until November and usually we don't wind up getting the the MPA ratings until about a month or two out but we're not in the normal times we're not no we're I want to go back to the before times <laughs> when we had movies that were coming out constantly uh no it's so it's coming out in November so this this tells me that the film is done it's in the can it's ready to go um which it was supposed to come out last summer so that shouldn't surprise anybody uh and why are my dogs having a shit fit right now anyway um yeah and i it now i it begs the question how many other films are stuck in limbo as we're waiting we know no time to die is going to be a pg-13 like that's just a lot of these movies it's a given what the rating's going to be yeah. It's just now the question I have is how complete are they? Like, are they going to do reshoots for this? Or is anything like that going to change? Did you have any thoughts on this or? No, not really. <laughs> I didn't think so. So, uh, and then speaking of ratings, this one you will have a slight interest in. Uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier received its official TV rating. Uh, I am. Yes. Um, I think overseas it had like a 16 in certain yeah. parts which is kind of high that to me that would be almost like the tvma it's mm-hmm. only getting a tv 14 here for language and violence and i'm going it's yeah, pretty much what i expected marvel why is it so high over overseas like how intense is the action that they <laughs> they sit there and go yeah no you need to be this tall in order to ride this ride like anyway all right so i said we talk about trailers we have two big trailers to talk about this week so uh, which one do you want to start with? You want to do Mortal Kombat or you want to do Cruella? It's alphabetical. Cruella. Okay. So uh, Disney, we already know Disney has been doing doing revamps, reboots, remakes of all their animated properties yeah. uh, to, to hit and miss success as far as critics critically goes. Uh, box office wise, they, they've smashed records left and right. Whether or not they deserve that is up for debate. Yeah. So now, so we've already had Maleficent, which was uh, basically them doing the the villain side from the care the from Maleficent yeah. from um, Sleeping Beauty, Sleeping Beauty. Uh, and gave her a sequel. Mm-hmm. I did not watch either movie. I've heard mixed things. Uh, I saw sure. the first one. I didn't see the second yeah. one. Um, so I wasn't. Yeah. So in hearing that, I wasn't quite sure that I really needed to see another Disney villain get a. Uh, uh, I don't want to call it a redemption story, but a, a sympathetic arc. Well, with I, I didn't see Maleficent as sympathetic. Sure. I mean, some people might have, but at least they took, instead of just doing a straight remake of existing properties, they took a character and did kind of something new with it. Right. Um, like I said, I, I need to watch it just because I did. I still think they took a bit a once upon a time approach to it which kind of annoyed me but sure but whatever yeah um so yeah so like i said i haven't watched it so i can't really speak on it too much so my only frame of reference for this one is cruella uh Mm -hmm. the my only frame of reference is the original animated film and then the two glenn close starring 101 dalmatians movies um Mm -hmm just watching the trailer uh i'm digging the vibe i love emma stone you know i love emma stone and i really i actually really she doesn't have a bad british accent i don't think um it's passable 
it's passable yeah. it's not great but it's passable uh and i love i love her in the two-tone hair i actually think that's a decent look for her <laughs> however watching this trailer i only had one thought that controlled my mind the rest of the time and it's uh when she has her big white robe on that she sets fire to and it disappears and reveals her her flaming <laughs> red dress all i could think of was huh Cinna really, really had a gig before the Hunger Games and, and helping design fashion for, for Katniss, didn't he? Huh. All that being said, I dig this 70s punk rock vibe that they're going with. Yeah. Doing it as a prequel to... I think that's my issue. It's not a retelling of the 101 Dalmatians story, which is probably a good... Which is a good thing in a way. Yeah. Um, but typically when you wind up doing prequels like this, uh, you wind up having to start from the beginning and tell us how how this person became the villain that we know mm -hmm. and in doing that you wind up doing a couple things you wind up taking away the biggest thing being you wind up taking away the the scare factor of these characters let's be honest cruella Deville, who as i read in an article yesterday didn't have the greatest plan by planning to skin 99 puppies to make a dalmatian fur coat no. And Much like I told you, no one said it was a good plan. Right. But she's not, she's, we know she's not right in the head. We know right. she's crazy. Like, yeah. and, and we can, we can have talks about connotations and all that. The bitch crazy. Like, I'm sorry. Nobody in their right mind says, oh, look at these puppies. They would make a fine jacket. Like, what I don't want to see happen is for <laughs> us to see, you know, uh street urchin you know ella or whatever her name is before she becomes cruella going and you know getting mistreated and all that because i feel like that's exactly what joker did and that was part of why i just did not care for that movie is we're sitting here making up excuses for somebody who is a truly shit yeah. because you can have someone come out of great circumstances that just has some problems yeah, just naturally occurring, and despite giving them every opportunity, they just don't flourish. Yeah. So what I'm what I'm hoping is that we're not going to have have them sit there and go, "Well, she was, you know, this this happened to her, and she was this way and that way." No, no. Like, just let her be. Just have her straight up have, you know, be a psychopath, and I don't mean that lightly. I mean the actual like clinical definition of psychopath. Just right ever straight up have some problems and everyone tries to bury it instead of giving her help and so she just goes to the extreme yeah and so that's honestly in looking that's way more terrifying yeah and so so like i said knowing knowing that it's disney that's my biggest concern yeah that being said looking at this trailer i'm going okay this looks darker than i think disney's done anything in a while um, yeah, I agree with that. With a lot of people keep comparing it to Joker, which I really hate. I get the comparison, but I, I just I despise it. Um, a few people have actually said this looks like what the Harley Quinn origin story should be, and I'm going, <laughs> okay, that's not wrong. I'm not mad about Sorry. that at all. Yeah. Uh, but looking at this, like I said, I'm digging the punk rock aesthetic. I love Emma Stone. I think the cast is going to be top notch. We have Mark Strong, Emma Thompson. Um, yeah. Yeah, like like you have a strong cast, which somebody has said, 
well, what kind of blackmail does Disney have on on Emma Stone to get her to agree to this? I'm going, Emma Stone doesn't just maybe she just enjoys the idea of it. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So watching this trailer, I went, okay, I'm in. I'm actually in for this trailer, even with all of my little misgivings here in the back of my mind. I'm going, this looks different. This is definitely a different take on what we've seen, but it looks like it's going to keep the true essence of the character to some extent. Yeah what what were your thoughts in watching this i think it looks like it's gonna be a lot of fun yeah and like you said i i hope they don't make her too sympathetic i hope they just lean into she's just straight up evil yeah and just this is how she became who she is yeah and i they actually introduced gorilla on once upon a time and i enjoyed mm-hmm. what they did with her character because they did were just like this this chick is just crazy yeah she's not always strictly evil but she's not good for sure sometimes you just kind of have to put up with her and call it which is honestly a lot of how she was in the cartoon yeah as well she's kind of evil but you kind of have to play nice sometimes right yeah no for (laughs) and that's what i that's what i want them to do with her yeah yeah poor poor anita uh, in the original uh, and well in every take that we've seen so far has has had just been kind of put them on and is like is she still either was she her boss or uh, i believe so i think she was her boss and it's like yeah it's a good paying job and i i kind of have to tolerate and deal yeah. with it just kind of yeah, just just of, be nice to her just yeah. be polite just deal with it yeah well we're, whereas <laughs> roger's sitting there going fuck that she's she's fucking crazy she's, she's evil like and i'm gonna compose an entire song about how much i hate her yeah that man was that man was taylor <laughs> and it's swift. gonna be catchy as hell <laughs> that man was taylor swift before taylor swift like and he didn't even date the bitch like he's just like nah, now nah, you know what cruella Deville. so yeah uh like I said, in looking at it, a lot of people have made like the Tim Burton comparisons. I'm sitting there going, I kind of see that. There are like moments where she kind of looks like mm-hmm. looks like she's been kind of running around like Helena Bonham Carter. Like she's got that kind I, of... As much as I like Tim Burton, I wish people would understand that he doesn't own that aesthetic. No. No. And I... He honestly, dabbles in it a lot. Yeah. And he may be one of the most well-known that delves into that aesthetic, but he doesn't yeah. own it. So not everything in that kind of dark right punk rock aesthetic is tim burton-esque yeah. like no come on, people no everything about this did not it did not scream tim burton to me it was very much 70s grungy punk rock london like every yes. dirty bit that you think of of 1970s london. there's not a clash song included on the soundtrack i'm gonna be disappointed right unless unless they try it in the clash um, just straight up said no which is fine i'll i'll say it they <laughs> they, they Disney does not have the huevos to actually play the Sex Pistols on that soundtrack. I'm saying it right now. No, they don't. Not they a don't. not a damn hair on their balls to do it. And if they do, then I will. The get name it. is a deal breaker for them. They wouldn't do it, so yeah, they would right. they would go with the Clash. Yeah, so the Clash they can handle. Um, I'm honestly I'm hoping this is going to be PG-13. Like I really am. Like yeah. Uh, and it looks like it could be. Um, because there's there's moments in that trailer where it almost looks like almost a fucking head trip like uh her her on the the fashion catwalk at whatever scene and she's just maniacally laughing twirling around with her cane and all that i'm like yeah that does not look like typical disney and that's that's why i'm partial i'm excited about this project i shouldn't be but i am so now knowing my luck it'll be a monumental disappointment and i'll go it's joker 2.0 all of you (laughs) 
anyway um i i am gonna go ahead and call it right now i do think uh emma thompson is basically going to be old cruella and emma stone will turn into new cruella and that's that's how we get our our cruella origin story yeah it just seems like standard fare but if you tell the story well i'm not gonna be mad about it so yeah all right so that was trailer one trailer number two uh did you i know you played video games when you were growing up but you probably didn't play mortal Kombat as a kid did you not, no, no, I'm, not I'm, I'm aware of it, right? And I'm aware of the game, but yep. uh, no, I didn't play it. Okay, so then I uh, we we were strictly a Super Mario family. That's and that's fair. Uh, I played Mortal Kombat with friends growing up when they had it, so because I didn't have all the latest consoles and kind of like like I I like Nintendo and Sega, so it was a lot a lot of Mario, Star Fox, Sonic the Hedgehog. Uh, my sibling saved up for an original Nintendo and any consoles that were in the house beyond that was when my brother got a job and he bought them for himself. Yeah. Uh, so. Yeah. So so we have a new Mortal Kombat trailer. This is coming from Warner Brothers. So it's going to be on, it's going to premiere on HBO Max at the same time it's in theaters. Oh boy. Um, first and foremost, I could tell you how good or bad I think this movie looks. I will tell you, I am not watching it anywhere else for the first time, but on a big screen, because again, yeah. good or bad, I need to see Scorpion rip somebody's heart out with, with that shooty thing out of his hand. And I need, I need to see Sub-Zero freeze blood and then stab somebody with it on the big screen. There is no other acceptable way. And these are things that happen in the fucking trailer, the Red Band trailer anyway. Um, that being said, I think you put it best. You said this looks like a video game movie that doesn't have a whole lot of, or based on a game with not a whole lot of plot. With really no plot turned into an X-Men movie. Sort of. Yeah. It definitely had superhero vibes. Yeah. Uh, I think I'm more excited about the fact that it's a big budget R-rated movie because this does not look like a cheap film. Yeah. Um, Agreed on that. So uh but man is that dialogue going to be cringeworthy uh my the one that everybody's talking about is what what is that on your chest it's it's a birthmark where did it come from he was born with it like no shit that's how birthmarks work birthmark birthmark like this is it's right up there with the justice league we live in a society line like come on (laughs) so uh, I'm familiar with the games. You're you're not not as well versed in outside of outside of that X Men comparison. What what thoughts did you have in watching the trailer? It's like, like you said, it's going to be a very cringy dialogue with a lot of action and special effects, and probably won't hate it. But I'm probably not going to be in love with it. That's fair. Uh, if it's what is it you always say? Utterly watchable. Utterly watchable. That's that's a Lucy phrase. Uh, <laughs> i i think i think i'm probably gonna have a lot of fun with it just because i played those games growing up mm-hmm. um i loved the original movie when it first came out and it was not good it's like you you and i have gone back and forth about how bad super mario brothers is super mario brothers at least attempts to do something different and give itself a plot that it doesn't need mm-hmm. mortal Kombat the movie sits there and takes what is basically a bare bones plot of, yep, need to gather heroes in order to fight in this tournament to save the world, which is what this is going to be. And they go, fuck it, go have fun. And they do. And it is dog shit terrible, but it is so much fun to watch. 
Uh, if this is even half as entertaining as that was, I think we're going to have a blast. So, uh, and I know a lot of the video game nerds have been like freaking out because they're like, oh my God, it's R rated. It's because that red band trailer, it, it didn't really hold back. There is, there's spikes going through people's heads. There's people's arms getting frozen and then blasted off. Like, I'm like, God damn, like Warner Brothers didn't spare a whole lot of expense on this one. It doesn't seem like, like anyway yeah i just i, I <laughs> i'm gonna watch it I, we gotta watch it on the big screen i just i don't know that it's gonna be any good but on the flip side of that there are certain movies we go to watch that we don't expect them to be good nor should yeah. we so yeah. low expectation not, not every movie has to be you know this big piece of artwork no sometimes you just want to shut your brain off for a bit right and that's fine yeah so anyway i i i'm excited but i'm sitting there going god this is gonna be terrible like i just in my bones i just know it's gonna be bad so and we'll be back on a run of just terrible video game movies and i'm i'm honestly i'm okay with it so because like i said like i have played some of the later mortal Kombat games where they have tried to introduce a little more plot but the plot is basically the same over and over again it's it's Outworld versus versus Earth and all this other shit, and we're going to have a big bloody fight to the death to, to, to crown a champion and save save Earth from the shadow shadow realm or whatever it is. I don't know. I yeah. I'm like just you know <laughs> like can we find it? What I want, what I really want is for somebody to take a video game that actually has a full blown plot, like The Last of Us, which again I haven't played, but I'm excited about watching the show because I'm going. Mm -hmm. I know there's a full-blown plot there. Now, granted, it's probably going to be more yeah. like dead than anything. But yeah, I'm down with that. But at least there's a plot. Right. Resident Evil, which I did not care for. At least there was a plot. Uh, video game and movie-wise, there was some semblance of a plot. Yeah. I don't know. Like, I don't know how you get a whole franchise out of Mortal Kombat. I just don't see how that's going to happen. And I honestly, I'm kind of hoping it's a one-off. But you know, they'll try and sow the seeds for a sequel. Anyway. Probably. All right. So that's it for for the movie news for that we actually have movie theater news right now so uh there's been a pandemic i don't know if you guys knew that or not but uh <laughs> theater's been shut. i know um china has finally started getting back to normal uh which makes sense they were the first ones to experience it they locked yeah. down they did everything they're supposed to anyway imagine that so theaters are back open in china they have capacity restrictions in place, just like we do, but nationwide, they're open. Uh, this last week, we found out Avengers Endgame, which was the highest grossing movie everywhere when it came out, is no longer the highest grossing movie in China, or at least opening weekend. Um, a movie titled Detective Chinatown 3 has dethroned the Marvel Studios feature as king of the biggest weekend ever in a single market. Uh, it's important to point out that this this week has been or weekend has been uh, Lunar New Year or Chinese New Year mm -hmm. over there. Yeah. Um, so, so it's, it's holiday weekend for them. Um, so even so, so the Chinese feature is on track to gross three hundred ninety seven million dollars in China during its opening weekend, compared to three hundred fifty seven million for Endgame in twenty nineteen. Um, yeah. And a, a chunk of that twenty three point five million has been bolstered by the film being released in IMAX theaters after it was released or after it was shot entirely on IMAX cameras. Um, yeah. 
very which is incredibly interesting um i think what it shows at least at least over there they're so hold on so their chinese new year's box office hit 1.2 billion dollars that is a record high for them overall um that's huge and that's like i said capacity limits are in place so say that they're running with 50 percent seating capacity i think that shows with even with a pandemic going on even with it not being everybody's kind of unsure we're all bored globally we're all (laughs) bored and we just want to see a fucking movie and china's showing us that they're getting it done and they're getting their product back out to theaters uh and that's something that we've really harped on here the past year is how much we (laughs) desperately need content in order to keep people's butts in seats Riker, yeah we're trying to have a conversation buddy i know you want to be the mascot come here come on anyway um so yeah what were your takeaways from this it gives me hope yeah which i kind of figured that once we got through all this shit that things would be better but this is just proof that if we can just do what we need to do and get through it we can come back strong we just got to survive until then yep um yeah i am i am just i like when i read it i'm like i know it's china it's obviously who gives a shit it's not the united states right at the same time i'm going we're all in this together globally we're all in this together to know that there is a hunger outside of the United States for, for those things gives me hope. That's, that's why we have said theaters aren't going away. They're going to change. Yeah. They have to change. They're not They're going gonna... to What'd you say? They're always going to have to change. Right. But when it comes down to it, people want to see these things on the big screen. That's why when I, when I tweeted out the, the Mortal Kombat uh, trailer earlier today, I'm like, do your duty. Go see this in theaters if you can. <laughs> Yeah. Let Warner Brothers know that this is how you want to see these big budget movies so that way they keep releasing them to theaters. Yeah. In the way that they were intended. So um yeah, this this was exciting just to read. Like I said, just to know that we're not alone and that that the time is coming. With the yeah. vaccines getting rolled out, the time is coming that we're going to have our moment. I I honestly I don't know what the first big movie is going to be when we when we get back to normal i'm i'm hoping maybe by may it'll be black widow and if it's not if it's if it's not by by may then by october for bond like somebody has to go first whoever it's going to be and whoever whoever has the biggest budget the biggest marketing and all that whoever gets it is going to be in for a healthy fucking payday yeah us included i i say us i mean (laughs) We ain't gonna make shit, but at least we have our jobs, you know. <laughs> so, so that being said, if you get to pick a movie right now to be the one to lead the charge and get everything back on track, what's it gonna be? I, I don't have a specific movie, but I think it's gonna be probably Christmas. You think it's gonna be Christmas? I think people are gonna be there's going to be a lot of people that are going to be hesitant until after more vaccines have been done and more people they're going to wait for other people to kind of venture out first so i think it's going to be christmas before something big happens gotcha i think depending on how how well the rollout goes i think it's going to be fall 
I uh, and I I obviously I'm going to say Bond is is going to be it's going to be in the top spot to be the one that that leads the charge back. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to give you a dark horse, and I think you'll probably agree with me when I say it. It's going to be a Quiet Place Part Two. It's entirely yeah. possible, yeah. Uh, it's booked for September, which is like you know a full month before Bond comes out in October. That could yeah. be the one that if things go according to plan by by August september mm-hmm. school might be getting back but we will sit there and go we got the weekend let's let's fuck yeah. off and go watch this so yeah um i don't know that it'll be a billion dollar hit i think that'll wait a movie or two but it's gonna make bank so yeah and it's on a small budget anyway so it'll make bank regardless but um yeah but that's that's my prediction i'm saying fall and i think specifically those two movies will be like i said bond being the favorite quiet place being the dark the the dark horse the underdog that's fair so anyway uh, i'm trying to remember what comes out christmas i'm tempted i'm kind of leaning towards dune if i'm gonna go christmas uh is dune no dune's october i think i thought that was christmas it might be christmas i'll have to look uh west side story i know is coming out around christmas mm-hmm. uh, i know but it's a musical people love their musicals um Okay, yeah, it says October first. I thought that was pushed to Christmas. Well, I don't know. So okay, well, it was I'm pushed wrong. to Christmas this past year. So and then I got pushed again. So okay, yeah. Anyway, anyway. all right. Well, I think that's gonna do it for us this week. Uh, Trisha, do you have anything else you wanted to throw out there? Nope. Cool. All right. Well, guys, you can always follow us on Twitter at drunk underscore theater. Uh, that is the best place to get all of our all of our recent bullshit that we're getting into. Shenanigans, uh, <laughs> all the shenanigans. Um, yeah, so make sure you follow us on there. Make sure you you hit the subscribe button wherever you're listening to us at, be it iTunes, Twitter, or iTunes, Spotify, any of those. Excuse me, sorry the the burps are coming now. So uh, <laughs> uh, you also feel free to uh, to head to our our merch store. Uh, teespring.com slash stores slash mdmt you can find shirts we've got all that there help support us if you don't want to buy anything or specifically buy anything major we did start a uh, a buy me a coffee page uh, we already have one one drink so you can buy us a drink uh, for like as little as five dollars you can send us a couple bucks say here you go go get shwasted like hey, six pack um, but that is uh, hold on sorry I should have had this ready to go before I got to this point. One of these days, I'll actually type up a script. That way I know what I need to hit. Sure. Um, Today's uh, not that day. No. Tomorrow's not looking good either. Uh, so <laughs> buymeacoffee.com slash MDMT. That's that's our buy me a coffee page. Like I said, feel free to hop on there. Support us that way. If you want to just you know throw a couple bucks or drink our way, whatever you want to do. Um, maybe I'll start figuring out how, how we can reward participants that people want to want to do that. Uh, on a monthly basis um but we got to get there so uh we're new to this trying to make money thing (laughs) we're used to working real people jobs so excuse us but uh thank you to that first supporter that already sent us something so um but yeah that's that's gonna do it for us this week uh if you want to email us feel free at uh my drunk movie theater at gmail.com uh for all of us here at my drunk movie theater i'm kyle sutton i'm trisha campbell and be nice to your damn movie staff (laughs) 